Despite the Government, brought to you by Tam and Buega. This podcast is a window for African entrepreneurs and innovators within Africa and all across the globe to discuss ideas towards advancing the cause of a new, vibrant Africa. Find and subscribe to Despite the Government wherever you get your podcast. This is Despite the Government podcast. Enjoy this episode. Hello there. Welcome to Despite the Government podcast, a podcast about the power of entrepreneurship and individual efforts in driving and building society. Our guest today is the Chief Operating Officer, Agro Marketplace Nigeria Limited, Bankoli Olalikon. Mr. Bankoli works in many spaces, especially in agri and entrepreneurship, and we thought it would be good to have a conversation with him regarding those two topics and other sundry issues. Thank you for joining us. I'll begin by trying to describe your person and your work. Um, I know that you, you are very passionate about entrepreneurship. Uh, you speak a lot about why young people should do business and try to advance business. You also operate a company called Agro Marketplace Nigeria Limited. Tell us about um, your foray into the worlds of agri and entrepreneurship. Uh, it's interesting because I just listened to Emmanuel with me in the car and uh, they were just discussing about agriculture and farming on their Twitter space. So I did not even know that I'm coming to associate talk about uh, agriculture. So like uh, Boyega said, my name is Bankoli Olalikon. I'm the uh, co-founder of Agro Marketplace Nigeria Limited. And of, of course, I also co-founded Extra Mile Africa. Uh, so Extra Mile Africa is a financial technology company, or you call it FinTech, uh, that uh, finance across the supply chain of uh, small businesses and uh, small older farmers and at the same time uh, we started uh, when I was starting Agro Marketplace Nigeria Limited we wanted to launch a, an online marketplace that uh, both that can be B2B and B2C that is business to business and business to consumer or uh, something that can be B2B to C uh, so and that was in the process of uh, doing my master's degree uh, at a federal university in Nigeria, whereby I noticed that um, there are a lot of market gap, a lacuna uh, in the market. So the framework is poorly designed in a way that farmers spent a lot of months uh, planting, cultivating their farms. And at the end of the day, there is no strategic uh, planning on where they are going to sell this product to. And for a fact that I study agricultural related courses in the university from first degree, as at that point I was doing my master and I was carrying out a research, uh, quite a number of studies with small other farmers across uh, 16 communities in, uh, in three states in Nigeria. So I noticed that quite a number of them, they have uh, uh, one plot, some have one acre, some have one hectare, some have ten hectares, some are into livestock farming, some are into haribu or crop farming, or even some are into perennial farming. But the biggest challenge as at that time that I observed was that they don't have people to come and buy these products from them from their farm gates. So 
because of the bad road, access road to their farms, they have to take this farm produce from the rural communities or from their farms, uh, sited at rural community, and they have to bring it to uh, the marketplace. So sometimes yeah. it takes days, weeks, even months, sometimes before they could do all these things. And before you know it, these are perishable yeah. goods. They have no gotten spoiled. So this, mm. uh, this inspired the, an idea to build agriculture into technology because mm. as we know, technology is an enabler, whereby yeah. how can we use tech to uh, create that access point and things like that. So that was what batted one of the foremost e-commerce platforms that we started then in 2015, 2014, uh, and we batted uh, agro Agromarchant.com is the e-commerce platform of agro-marketplace agro Nigeria Limited. And so we started taking produce from farmers, most especially small farmers and uh, small uh, scale farmers. And we started helping them to quickly get it to the marketplace, most especially in the cities like Lagos, Uyo, Ibadan, Abuja. And uh, so this was so much an excitement for them. So it boosted their sales. Their, their, their and uh, so and we wanted to also participate in the value chain of reducing uh, the 75% of farm produce that got spoiled of the farm gate before it gets to the marketplace in Nigeria based on that, uh, statistics. So we wanted to reduce it based on what MBS said, uh, Nigeria yeah. Bureau of Statistics. Uh, so yeah. we, we, we achieved a lot of feet along that area. But it now got to 2020, uh, 2019, after we have operated for like uh, five years, we also discovered there is also a big challenge that we did not take notes of mm. when we were starting Agro Marketplace Nigeria Limited. We also discovered that many of these farmers, when they planted, they do not also have money to harvest what they have planted. Hmm. Many of them do not, so quite a number of these cassava, these, these plantain, these fruits, orange, vegetables, got spoiled. Even when they are still on the, on the stand or inside the soil, so they do not, because most of the time, the little money they have, they have used it to uh cultivate their farms and they've taken loans from uh, uh whatsoever and having access to finance to cash becomes so very difficult apart yeah, from problem. their traditional cooperative that yeah. they are running so when those ones have given them little money it's just for cultivation so how do you take a produce that you cannot harvest into farm uh um, into into the marketplace so we start having more more demands for supply of this farm produce, most especially in Lagos and uh, other cities in Nigeria. And we just discovered that many of these farmers could not even meet up to the demand. So mm. instead of us having a demand for a kilo, kilogram or just a bag of maize, a bag of uh, beans, a bag of uh, vegetables, we start having demands in tonnages. In tonnages. So most quite a number of customers will tell us that can we supply them 30 tons of maize? And we discovered that even a, a state like Ondo State, as, as an instance, no single farmer, as at that time, could is even cultivating 30 tons of, of maize. They, all of them are doing one ton, uh, 500k kilogram, and the likes of things like that. And their aggregation power is extremely low. They could not aggregate because some farms are 
these farms are far apart from one another or each other. So it becomes a very big challenge to us. So we discovered that we could not uh, achieve that uh, feat. So that was what led to us now floating Extra Mile Africa. So I wanted to bring the connection between the two companies that we have started in the last uh, couple of years, how they got interrelated. So it's, it's in the process of how do we finance these smallholder farmers further so that they can be able to harvest their produce, they can be able to bring their produce to the marketplace. So we started a fintech company that can give access to small enterprises, to smallholder farmers, and we launched uh, Extra Mile Africa. So that is the journey so far in entrepreneurship I mean, and in agriculture. I have two questions to bounce off that quickly. I think you have addressed it a little bit, but also it brought in another question. So two things that I got from your point, you were able to create a bridge to help smallholder farmers transition from from the farm to the market and also to create extra mile the the second company that would finance them if they have challenges with harvesting or any other product and funding challenges on their farms um i see that access infrastructure is one of the biggest problems with agriculture uh i I would like you to address that a little bit because um if you are doing some of that work how can you scale to reach as many people as possible to reach as many farms as possible so that we can multiply production farming in nigeria one of the major problems is access to the market what can the collective of agri tech the community of agricultural technology uh, enthusiasts and practitioners what can they do more to scale, to expand to large scale so that we can have more production? So, uh, you know, agriculture itself is in, is in a raw state. It's just like you are, you are mining your gold. And if you mine your gold, you cannot go and sell it like that immediately you mine. They, all these things are in their raw form or in their raw state. So uh, agriculture has been uh, faced a lot of bottlenecks or setback in Nigeria over decades in the sense that most of the time we always take to the market uh, what you harvested and without any value addition to it. And that makes it to be very, very risky. That makes it to be very vulnerable. And that makes that uh, industry to be very prone to a lot of damages and dangers. So mm. uh, in other climb of the world, in, in developed countries like uh, Europe, uh, United States of America, you discover that 80 to 90% of what they are selling in, in the supermarkets, in the malls, are all processed. So it's either you are, uh, you are processing it through refrigeration or you are also processing it through conversion from the raw state which it is into different... Uh, uh, value added products like is either you are doing semi or you are doing finished products so one of the first things that i feel that can solve that problem is that we should encourage what we call cottage industries for example a a far, like 10 maybe a cluster of farmers let's say there are 20 20 hectares of cassava maybe each of them is farming one hectare of cassava and we know the byproduct that we can get from cassava. I, I don't know. I was told that there are some uh, part of the country, very few minority, that consume cassava in its raw state. So 
99% of Nigerians consume cassava in the finished process. Maybe you are converting cassava to gari or to flakes or to kukuru or to, or to ethanol or to different types of uh, byproducts and stuff like even yeah. to stash even yeah. to these medicinal companies and everything so what do you do you see that you are now turning that cassava into a semi-processed whereby it can be turned to flakes or fibers and it can now be transported or exported to other parts of this country or other part of the world and in that process you will see that that's flakes or strands of cassava will be there in his, that in that state for like three four months and it will not get spoiled let me give you another instance like mushroom farmers you will see i could remember when we went into mushroom cultivation there is a way we process mushroom in a way that you can see all your mushroom in supermarkets and it is well refrigerated in a way that it can last for like two weeks three weeks even sometimes one month and it will be in a very fresh state so cottage industry can solve a lot of these challenges and number two problems. yeah go on sir. yes number two our rural roads of course that is even the work of many of our of our government maybe from the local government to state or to the federal government have to be quickly put into consideration so that farmers can be able to bring their farm produce from the field very fast so it will also help the private investors or industrialists or entrepreneurs going into agricultural businesses to be able to upscale very fast you always advise because i follow you on social media tiktok youtube yeah. uh you advise people to do business and you know be, be productive be entrepreneurial so i'm asking that mm. if we move away from agriculture and we try to look at other sectors in the country what sectors would you advise budding business minds to look at uh considering where we want to focus on as a country in your in your submission or in your observation what areas do you think we need more minds more thinking more creative business ideas to go into number one don't go into business based on passion i've noticed a lot of young guys in africa i've seen them a lot in nigeria they do they start business because they are passionate about it never it won't work go into business because of the market need market demands so you will see that even during COVID, there are some businesses that survive and there are some quite a lot of businesses died natural death because they couldn't cope. So when you go to business, into a business because there is a market demand, there is a problem to be solved. It helps you and it gives you that leeway, that leverage to be able to create that value system or upscale very fast. So it doesn't matter, maybe you are passionate about it or you are not passionate about it. What will now matter is that there is a market, there is a need and not just a want for this type of business. So having said that, we, let me now build on that, on that premise to say that there are some key businesses that are always uh, uh, encourage budding entrepreneurs, especially for those that do not have much capital to start business when they are just starting, that they can start immediately with food business, for an example, which is an offshoot, offshoot of an agriculture. Food businesses. You, you know, everybody, no matter how harsh the economy is, we always eat. 
there is no way out hard. People will always want to put food on their table. So that is number one. So when the economy is so harsh and people are not buying clothing, fashion, they are not doing all these luxury things like want, they will always want to eat. Number two, logistics business, transportation. People will always want to move from one point to the other. It is a very lucrative business. If you, individuals go to study those type of businesses very well, but most importantly, whatever business that you want to go to, you have to first do the survey of your environment. You have to study your environment first. Is this something? And I don't like starting a business that is limited to a particular environment that cannot be upscaled into other environment. And so you will see food business, for an instance, everybody in the world eats food. You will see transportation business, maybe it's air transportation, uh, maybe sea, maybe it's road, maybe it's railway. Everybody move from one point to the other. Even it can be as just getting a very small truck to be helping small other farmers to be taking their produce from the farm into the, into the farm gate or to the marketplace. And they will be paying you for that. I, I, I have a friend that is a medical doctor in, uh, in Ekiti State. He left mess, practicing medicine after one or two years and he went into farming, but he didn't go to active primary production. He went into uh, uh, logistics, you know, getting, he started with one uh, diner. He's, before you know it, he has two, he has three, he has four, he has five, he has six. He started helping small other farmers from the rural areas to bring their produce from the farm. You can do tractor. Tractor can help farmers. It's also part of logistics. Can even help farmers to plow their land, to harrow their land, to do ridges and all those things. So food business, logistics business. Number three, anything that is technology related. Technology related. I don't like calling technology a business. I say technology as an enabler. But anything that you can do digitally, that you can bring online, that you can you know, facilitate stuff. So something like ed tech, educational yeah. business, entertainment business, all those things too can fly. Uh, finance, people always need money. It's a problem in the society. So when you launch a loan app or a, a cooperative platform, so people can put money together, you start giving people loans. If you have experience in that area, uh, anyone can go into it. That mm. is also something that also can also fly in any day any time so even when people are not buying cars they will always want to have access to money that's why you see our banking industry they will always fly telecommunication in whatsoever yeah. level you want to play maybe from yeah. the bottom level of just selling a data or year time or printing this data or year time or in whatsoever aggregating level you want to play yeah. anything telecommunication because people will always be on their phone Hmm. People will always want to make calls, browse, no matter what. Even the and poor of the poorest, the poor of the poorest will want to use their phone. So they, I think I've given like four or five. Yeah, so and five. based on market demands, that is very, very important. So not based on I am I slept and I dream hmm. and they show me that I should do this particular business. Mm -mm -mm. You hmm. must carry your market research very fast. Very, very important. And that will be, be able to help you. That's why you will see that what of, most of those things that we are launching today are more tech related. You talk about ed tech, educational tech, ed tech, and health. Anything health products also fly. People will always want to rejuvenate their body. 
anything yeah. health products, medicals, whatsoever, uh, supplements, apps, those things are also good. So food, health, education, logistics. finance, and logistics. Great. Thank you. And Thank anything you tech related. Thank you very much for that. So I'm just going to flip to the other side. These are small business, smallholder businesses that anyone at within with less than 100k you can begin something um i want to know the power of small business in, in the larger economy and does it mean that if half of our population are into small businesses aren't we supposed to have another part of the population doing big businesses like the boa groups the dangotes I, I saw a video where you were at the dangote refinery taking up in lagos does it mean mm. that we don't have enough big businesses to build the big you know uh first world level technology that we need or we're okay with small businesses if we're able to sustain ourselves at the local levels does it come together uh, as a form of aggregation number one all over the world 75 percent even some countries like america is up to 81.5 percent uh that their economy is based on micro enterprises and not macro. It's only less than 15%, 20%, 25% in some countries that you will see that they are operating at the macro level. 75 to 80% of the jobs being generated in any part of the world is being generated by green owned, H O R N, green owned businesses. These are small enterprises. They create more of the opportunities, they boost the economy, they create more of the jobs. So in all these dangote you talk about, all these boa, they are just less than 1% in almost all the country, be it third world country or developed country or developing country or second world countries, whatsoever country. So even all these big businesses, if you study them or understudy them very well, you will also discover that they also use these small businesses. Look at Dangote Refinery. They will need plumber. They will need fabricators. They will need welders. They will need individual engineers, civil engineers. So even if they give the work to contractors, like governments always do, you will still see that the contractor will see sub 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 subcontract subcontract till it gets to the end of that small business owner. So it is, still, it is still the micro enterprise or the small business owner that is still going to do the majority of the work. And that is even directly. And you now look at the indirect form aspect mm -hmm. also, whereby, for example, in Dangote Refinery, uh, you will see the food seller is there, the water seller, the pure water seller is there, the ones that are selling drinks are there, the ones that have opened chemists or pharmacy is there so you will still see a lot of small businesses playing around or navigating within that big or so-called big companies that you talked about so that is how this industry plays out so there there is that form of interrelationship and uh, intercropping yeah in connection in, in all it comes yeah. together at the end of the day uh, local knowledge the power of local mm. indigenous knowledge in advancing our small businesses and big businesses if you can and also the power of social media i see that you use tiktok you use your facebook to promote your your work what's the power of social media in today's age you know for young people and for business-minded people the power of local knowledge yes because there are there is native knowledge that local knowledge. 
Yes, local knowledge that is basic or native to Nigeria. So how can I apply that to a global market and, and also respect, you know, the market at home and, you know, build a business that would help community? That is more of impact level. More of impact level. And that is why in entrepreneurship, that's what you call socioeconomic impact. Both social and economic leverage or impact. So, and don't also forget that for every country, whatever knowledge they are applying in individual country is what you call indigenous knowledge or local knowledge. So yes. this global market we talk about, for somebody that is in America or somebody that is in China, if you want to sell to Nigeria, it's a global market. It's not only somebody that is in Yoruba land or in, 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 in Igbo or Awusa that will be saying, because I want to sell to China, that is why it becomes globalization. In, immediately, you can interact your idea, your, the value that you are proposing, or your business with another country. It has become uh, globalization. So, it has be, so you already start interacting with the global market. Even it is, if it is from just Nigeria to Bene Republic. So if, for example, you have a product and you are taking, for example, we used to take, we usually take our cashew, our sesame seed, soya beans uh, to Bene. Immediately you start interacting with the Bene market or Kutonu market. It's what you call globalization. Globalization doesn't mean that you must interact from Nigeria to China or to Dubai or to United States of, United States of America. So that's why if somebody travels from Nigeria to Bene Republic, he has traveled abroad. There's no difference. So the same way. So the most important thing is standardization. When you standardize your idea, when you standardize your value, when you work on the standardization of the business that you are proposing or, your, or the products you are bringing into the market, because for every country, they have their own different standardization policies or rules or laws. So you have to first study. Okay, for an instance, I want to take uh, our uh, our dire into American markets. You will first study what does American market or policy says. Is there any licenses that I have to take? What is their regulations? What are their do's and don'ts in terms of bringing my clothing materials from my own country into their own country? So when you now learn those things, you now be able to work with that standard. And that is why we have regulatory uh, organizations. For example, in Nigeria, you have SON, Standard Organization of Nigeria. You have NAVDAC and like that, like that, so that they can regulate those things, even help you to standardize those things, even before it gets into. For example, if you want to take an agricultural uh, commodities abroad, you first take it to a place like Firo to go and do a standardization test based on that particular commodity that you are taking outside the country. So does it pass the global market test? Does it pass the standardization test? So immediately it passed those tests, you are free to take it to wherever you want to take it to. So you will be rest assured and you'll be confident that it will not be deported back. But the one that is very easy for budding entrepreneurs, for upcoming entrepreneurs, for starters, is what you call uh, knowledge sharing, indigenous knowledge sharing. So technology transfer, 
So you are transferring services, knowledge, technology in terms of products. So those ones are not tangible. They are intangible. For example, you write a book, you sing a song uh, like Davido, Whiskey. Nobody yeah. do any standardization for Whiskey or Davido or a pastor or an imam that want mm. to go to another country as long as he has an audience. You can even yeah. be in Nigeria and be disseminating your information, your knowledge to people in any part of the world, and they will still pay you for whatsoever value or service that you are rendering. That is what you will see today in a lot of young people that they even claim that they are that people think they are doing Yahoo, that they are not necessarily doing Yahoo, but they are using their skills like UI US, graphic designs, writing, research, helping other global markets in those areas, and they are paying them in dollar despite not living in Nigeria. So that also can be used. So you can use your skill set and you and sell it to other people in wherever country they are, and you are making your money in hard currency. That way you have been you are able to build your capital base and whatsoever other businesses or capital intensive investment uh like agriculture or real estate you want to now go into later you can be able to build your capital base over time yeah absolutely before you go uh the new government is in town uh federal level and this government as well do you have a reward for them or what does the entrepreneurship and business community expect to see from government both young and old entrepreneurs business owners maybe you are small you are big you should look out for this government i don't think any upcoming or starting or as uh, um, practicing entrepreneurs we join an average nigerian to criticize any government whatsoever we just need to study their policy they have started like in the last couple of days president uh Tinubu has signed quite a number of bills like the unif um electricity bill like yeah. um uh there's uh uh this uh, retirement age bill for judges and yeah. quite a number of bills he has been able to remove subsidy he has been able to uh what is it called now said they are going to unify the exchange rates and all those things so what we do as business owner irrespective of how harsh an economy is even during the time of recession even during the time of depressed economy which is depression quite a number of entrepreneurs have been able to build wealth create wealth that is very very transferable to more generations to come in those period like the bible the old book we said isaac sold in the time of famine and he, 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 he reaped multiple folds so what i always encourage any entrepreneur is that look at the new government policy look at their directions where they are going and we are so lucky now for the first time maybe in many years or in the history of nigeria we also have a president that have played in the space of business and entrepreneurship he's a businessman himself he's not just a politician so i feel that we are going we are going to get a far far better opportunities because you can't be talking about resort if you don't put the hard work and you don't strategically position yourself so entrepreneurs or upcoming entrepreneurs or imagine entrepreneurs they should learn how to position themselves strategically don't be an anti-government don't move against the wind move with the storm move with the wind create opportunities for yourself tap into the opportunities of government do it 
play the game according to the rule and play the game according to the game and you will think you will see that success is just something that you'll be able to achieve over a period of time because even in those developed countries there are a lot of challenges and one of the things that ashiwaju bola metinumba have been able to say is that a lot of credit opportunities credit facilities during his campaign is going to be made available for quite a lot of nigerians entrepreneurs inclusive so just like america uk whereby everything you access is on credit mortgage for housing businesses who want to start their business they access uh, credit easily so if there is ease of doing business in the true sense not in the uh, book sense or in the theoretical sense if it is in the practical sense you will see that even upcoming entrepreneurs can go to any place and go, go and get uh, loans with ease and that is for the betterment of the economy i think i answered your question absolutely you did bankole olalikon speaker and co-founder of agro marketplace nigeria limited thank you so much for your kind words on our program today great job for what you are doing Boyega. and uh, i wish you continue in that line opening up the space in terms of conversation uh, among entrepreneurs and business owners so that a lot of people can learn what we do absolutely. so thank you and you too have a blessed night too.